Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Today's episode is sponsored by my Lit Daily Online Yoga Classes. This is an exclusive pass into my personal practice and program that I created from experience as a physical therapist and 20 years developing my Lit Yoga methodology. There is a different class with me every day, including special monthly live streams, so you can feel your most lit up anytime and anywhere. Get a three-day free trial today by going to movementbylara.com and clicking daily classes. Let's get moving. Good movement and welcome to Redefining Yoga, a movement by Laura podcast, which is designed to investigate all aspects of the modern evolution of yoga from my background as a physical therapist and lover of movement. My mission is to help everyone find freedom through safer and smarter movement patterns so together we can be uplifted, benefiting all beings. Today is Wednesday Q&A. You've sent me questions. I'm going to give you some answers. This is wonderful. If you haven't done this before, you can send me questions on Instagram at Lara, L-A-R-A dot Hyman, H-E-I-M-A-N-N. You can also email me at Lara at movementbylara.com. So I have some for you here. Da-da-da. First one is Carolyn Chin Smith. Ask me how you treat and modify to avoid yoga butt. So yoga butt I have talked about before, but briefly for those who are not sure what yoga butt is. Yoga butt is this not a good thing. It's not like, ooh, she's got a great yoga butt. It's like, ouch, yoga butt. Um, It is where the proximal insertion of the hamstrings, so all the way up at the sit bones, becomes very tender and painful. And it is very common in yoga. That's why it's called yoga butt, because of the continual um, forward folding in ways that People might be tipping in the pelvis, um, locking out their knees. And so the hamstrings are a two-joint muscle. That means they attach from the knee and they go across the knee and across the hip joint. And then they attach to the ischial tuberosities, the sit bones. So the hamstrings are stretched, quote-unquote, when your hip is uh, flexed, meaning you're bringing your hip in front of your body and the knee is straight. So just think, hey, like a runner's runner would do. After running, they put their leg up on a chair or a bench or something, and the knee is straight, and they fold over it. So that is a type of forward fold. Forward folds also happen when both feet are down and you forward fold. 
like in a sun salutation. It also happens like in a standing split or in a half moon. In all these positions, when the pelvis is not in neutral, can put, and not only not in neutral, but the knee usually is straight. So this whole like lock your knee and get your knee straight is very conducive to, to getting a yoga butt. And then, so you're adding this strain over it. I always say, imagine like if I took an elastic band and I held it and then another person held it. And then a third person came in with like, you know, a drum, a drumstick, not like the chicken drumstick, but a drumstick that you play with or some kind of, you know, like hard wooden thing. And they put it like went into the elastic band. And so that's kind of what's happening at the hamstring. It has to, it's going over this sit bone, which would be the drum, the drum thing. And it's going into the back body. So when your knee is straight and you're flexing at the hip, you're also stretching out that back fascia. So if that area around where the drumstick is, is not strong, then that will get, that elastic band kind of gets frayed. It gets pulled on and it can't handle it. It can't match the demand. So that's very general um, overview of what happens with yoga, but it's a lack of hamstring strength. It's this over, like just overdoing the stretching in the hamstring over and over again without the strength. And in specific positions, it really happens a lot. And after a while, especially I, I find, especially like with seated forward folds, because I'll have to tell you, people at my studio, this is not something they complain about. Occasionally, they might, they might something that it, it might like come back up from a previous injury. But if you start with me and you continue with me, this is not something that comes up. And here's why. I don't emphasize straightening the knees when you're forward folding. What I emphasize is a neutral spine and a neutral pelvis. We get right into the posterior chain from the very beginning by doing a bridge pose or getting into the glutes and the hamstrings. I emphasize controlled descent, not just flopping over in a forward fold, like a sun salutation, like really when people like sweep up and sweep down. There's very, you're just letting gravity kind of drop you into this. And um, as opposed to kind of letting some eccentric demand, which is a slowing down demand on the hamstring. So how to avoid it? Okay, so first of all, if you have it, it is one of the most frustrating injuries there could be. It is an area that does not have a lot of blood circulation. So you're, it's, it takes a long time to heal. And the tendency is you feel this like pull. So your your desire, once the pain has gone away, you still feel like I kind of like, oh, I want to stretch that out. So you do exactly what you shouldn't do, which is you try and stretch it out and you just re-injure it. And this happens like this repetitive cycle. I've had people that have injured it and it has taken years. I mean, years, seven, eight years. Now it doesn't always have to take that long. It could take seven or eight months if you, if you don't re-injure it. So it is very, very frustrating. If you have it, you have to bend your knees. You have to you have to squeeze the sit bones. Are you squeezing the sit bones? No. You're squeezing the flesh around the sit bones. So you're like like you, but you can locate the bone. Like I can locate the sit bone. I'm sitting on it. And then if I actively kind of squeeze the tissue around it, I'm getting into that top proximal hamstring. Then you have to work on eccentric uh load of the hamstring to get it strong, but not to injure it. So eccentric is this wonderful way of working the muscle, contracting it, where you're where it's lengthened. And so if you're really, really 
in pain, you're not going to probably even do eccentric. You're just maybe do an isometric hamstring, like where you just come up into bridge and squeeze the hamstring, squeeze the sit bone, squeeze the glutes. Um, if you are out of that really painful stage and you need to start strengthening it, you can do things where you come up into a bridge and put a towel under your heels and then you slowly slide the towel away. I would suggest doing this one at a time because it's very challenging to do both together. And the goal is to slow down as the heel goes away and you don't have to have it fully straight by any means and then pull it back in. That's a concentric. So try that one. Um, When you're doing yoga, you have to bend your knees. You just have to. Like, don't continue to straighten the legs because what you tend to do is straighten the legs and then the pelvis is often kind of tipped forward in an anterior tilt. And then when you fold forward and there's like a pull on the low back, the knees tend to push back. So it's this really, it puts the most pressure at the point of the ischial tuberosity at the hamstring. So you have to really think of hip hinging, which is flexing at the hips with like soft knees or very bent knees. There's nothing wrong with having your knees bent. And we just really have to change that in yoga. Yes, we want to stretch out our hamstring, but you have to have strong hamstrings first to get into that end range and, and try and put load like your weight bearing on it. So that's what I would really recommend is just changing your practice up a lot and hugging those sit bones in and working on the the strength of the hamstrings. There's a lot more I could say on that, but this is giving me an idea for a class, eccentric hamstring class or something like that. So look for that on my Lit Daily. All right, let's see. Let's see some other questions. So someone else asked me, um, what kind of hair, what kind of skin products do you use? Oh, well, okay. Well, skin products. I am, I wish I had looked at this question beforehand so I could tell you the exact, uh, it'll come to me in a second. I use this great product. It's all natural oils. I met this woman when we were doing a, uh, we were at, we were at a festival together and she, I think I've talked about this before, but anyway, she just has these amazing oils and they are all natural. And I tried it. And now I will say I have really like, I have skin that can, I can put anything on it. (laughs) You know, it's just, it's really fine. So you have to know if that's right, if that's something that's going to be okay for you or not. But the product that I use is called Wise Woman Oil. So if you want to be a wise woman, I would go check it out. I'm, I'm really into oils. And so I can use that on my skin. And as I said, it feels just, it just feels lovely to do. So give that a try if that, if that's something that um, you're into doing. Uh, The other things I do, I used to use a little Retin-A a long time ago. I haven't used that in a while. I know that's really good for like, you know, rejuvenating your skin, but I also don't like all the chemicals in it. So that's been a while. So just lately, that's, I just use the, um, the oils and they feel great. So Take good care of your skin, get, get sunshine on it, but also protect it. So get, what I try and do is get, if I'm like in a you know, warm tropical environment, I try and get sun later in the day. So maybe a little bit on my face later in the day. So it's not that really, really intense sun. All right. Another question. Um, I noticed that you don't do pranayama in your in like specific pranayama 
in my classes. Um, but I feel like my breath is bigger than it ever has been. How do you explain that? So this is somebody from the Lit Daily. Um, El, her name is Lise, Lise E. M. Okay. Um, I would say pranayama, again, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but a pranayama, for those of you who don't know what that is, that's breath work. And so in very like classical, traditional yoga, there's time spent, and it's usually in the beginning of class. It might be at the end of class, might be during class, where you are focusing on the breath work. It could be alternate nostril breathing. It could be like kind of fire breathing. Um, there could be like long inhale, a retention, exhale, retention, things like that. I found that using my the the core work with the abdominals was the most effective. And I think that's what Lise is referring to here is that her breathing is better than it ever has been because you're actually utilizing the breath with the function of the breath. And we're working the core muscles, the intercostals. Uh, these are the accessory core muscles, the diaphragm. Remember, part of the diaphragm is uh, voluntary. Um then there's intercostal and external costals. Those are, they run between your ribs. You're strengthening those when you're doing um, abdominal core work, if you're doing that well. And when you strengthen them, that's going to really help you with make your breath fuller and bigger and more robust and more dimensional. So I just found that I, um, I it's not that I don't ever do it, but I found it to be way more successful to get people breathing with an action. Um, when we sit quietly and are just asked to breathe, sometimes I found that very challenging for people because they've been, a lot of them have been sitting most of their day and they just need to start moving with that breath. Um, so that's, that's the main reason, but I'm glad you found that it has made your breath bigger and there's nothing wrong with it. Like certainly what I really promote in breathing is for relaxation, learning how to breathe. So at the end, I really always close with three really full breaths. So it little it kind of closes off that that loop of the central nervous system to bring it back into this state of like balance and calmness. And I've taught that to my daughter and my my son. You know, like uh, it's that kind of breath work is so important. Learning how to be able to calm yourself down when you need that. Okay, um, let's see. Here are some other questions. This person asked. This person is. Uh, Franny Rosen, how to keep that euphoric post-teaching feeling and not experience an adrenaline dump. <laughs> so Franny is a yoga teacher and she's asking, how do you how do you keep that feeling? Well, you just teach more. I think the more you teach, the more you will sustain that feeling. And I think you'll also find that the more you teach and the more you practice. So for me, teaching is just an extension of my practice. It's not an extension. Like I'm not saying but, but I find I get that kind of euphoria in my practice. I really do. The creativity, it's like when somebody picks up the their paint, you know, it's like that's how I feel when I'm in my creative uh, mode. And so I would say find how you can extend that in other ways, whether it's getting on the mat and finding a different way of moving. And, and if people are like really out of, you know, they feel like they have writer's block with moving, Take something that you see, like that I do or someone else does, or and or, or that's something in nature, like you know, you see something in nature, the way something moves, like a bird moves or an animal moves, 
and make a little sequence about that. And that will be that that euphoria will come from that creation. I really believe that. And so I think that um, and then teaching it and seeing people's response to it is the is is the reward of that. So you'll keep wanting to come back for that reward. So I hope that helps you, Franny, but just keep doing your own experimenting on the mat as well. Um, Anna Equal asks, do you teach arm balances like crow pose or aid angle pose? I don't teach them much anymore. There's nothing wrong with them. I just find there's other poses I kind of feel like have more bang for your buck. And those are fun poses. Those, those are really fun poses. I just find in my practice now, they're they're not as fun as other things. So maybe that's it. But I have people who like, I see them and they're like, gonna, they go out and do a little crow or, you know, the eight angle or something like that every once in a while when, when I'm, when I have them set up for it. And I'm totally, I love, I love that. And I give them the freedom to do that. Personally, I feel like I, I spend a lot of time on my hands in quadruped and handstands and plank, modified side plank. I do so much foundational work um, that foundational doesn't mean easy, by the way. That just means we're closer to the floor. It's developmental. That I'm on my hands, I don't, it's almost a little redundant and it's not as functional. So it's not, I'm, I'm just, I've changed, I changed my practice all the time. Like I used to do some poses I don't do anymore. And so these are ones that I do every once in a while, but I don't have a yearning at all. But I'll teach them to anyone because usually people can get a crow before they can get a handstand. And I do, I, but I love to challenge people's habits of this quick gratification uh, because I, I, I want them to know that, you know, you don't have to get something right away to be fulfilled. You can be fulfilled by just feeling more embodied and more connected. So that's what I really aim for in my teaching. And so I will teach arm balances if that is relevant to that. All right, all for now. That was a lot of great questions. Send me more um, at Laura at Movement by Laura.com. And as always, pulling for you. Excuse my scratchy voice. I'm getting better though. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.